How has the addition of a second baby changed our relationship? I don't feel like us as a partnership, as a unit, really get time. We don't even sleep in the same bed anymore. And so there is a disconnect that, I, that you naturally start to feel. And sometimes you get to a place where like, is there something wrong with me? Does she still love me? Does she still, is she still interested in me? Do you think the fire between us is not as bright, not as hot? Lovers and friends. Take you on a trip, baby, I don't pretend, I said. Lovers and friends, uh, I'ma hold you down, down to the end, I said. Please, please. Ryu, come here. Don't, yeah, you can't touch, Jesus, correct. All right. Ryu, come here. What's going on, lovers and friends? Welcome to Lovers and Friends, a podcast, a podcast about sex, love, relationships, and life. And life right now is exactly how it sounds and what it looks like. It's hectic. Um, so I am joined here, who I was joined, but he had to get up and leave. I'm joined by my husband, Jared Brady, who's going to be my guest of honor, and Ryu Brady, who is with us as a default because the person that we have helping us out here for childcare is sick with norovirus. Um, so we have to improvise and do this podcast on the fly. Hi, Jared. Hi. <laughs> I'd rather have Zai. Yeah? Yeah. But Zai sleep. She's waking up like any moment now, and I can't do this with Ray. Okay. I just can't. Hi, as just stated, this is Lovers and Friends, a podcast. My name is Sham Boudram. I'm your host, a sex and relationship expert. And usually this podcast is a topic-focused podcast where we have unique guests each week. And we do have some incredible guest interviews that we have recorded that we have yet to air with Jesse Reyes and Kiana Lede and Stilo Brim. However, because life here in Colombia, because I'm working on a job, um, with my family here has been a little hectic. I haven't had the time and care to really put my foot into those episodes and I really want to make sure I take the time and care. So I thought, what can I do that's a little easier, more efficient, but just as effective? And having this conversation with my husband, Jared Brady, I truly hope is necessary for you, but I know for damn sure it was necessary for me. Because, and I can't say it enough, and I feel very annoying being one of those parents who's like, it's just so overwhelming. Um, but listen, y'all, it really is just so overwhelming. The time that we're in right now with two kids under two, just the madness of the demands of their needs and then the rest of life, um, it's been a hard adjustment period for us. And I use hard with a grain of salt because it's been a challenge that I have felt up to but it can definitely get you down at times. And I definitely wanted to turn to my partner, Jared, and ask him, which I often do have these check-ins, but there's something very special about getting to freeze time and just look into those eyes and actually ask the question, how are you? Furthermore, to ask this million dollar question, are you happy? One of my fears in putting out this episode is that as a listener, especially if you haven't gone through a similar, overwhelmingly new transitional period in your romantic relationships, it can be difficult for you to hear both truths and not assume that means that one of the truths needs to be crossed out. So in hearing that this is a magical and memorable and beautifully connected time in one breath, and then hearing that it's miserable and overwhelming and challenging um, and 
conflicting in the next breath might make you feel like, well, one of those things simply can't be true. But the unique thing that is both beautiful and really hard to understand and wrap your head around about this time is that both things are true at the same time. And I'm afraid of that because, of course, I don't want to be negatively judged in a space where I'm choosing to be vulnerable. But secondly, because I don't want people to come to the conclusion that this is a miserable life. And as somebody who didn't want to have kids and has chosen to do so, I don't want to be an advocate, a proponent to say that you shouldn't do it because your life will be miserable or it will go down the shitter. Because that's not the truth at all. The truth does exist that there are some shitty parts of it, but on the other side, there is the divinity. And if you can embrace both, I do believe that it's a worthwhile venture. If you don't want to embrace both, then I respect your decision in, in either case. But I got this DM from a very beautiful man, actually, the last time I did a similar episode where we talked about uh, this, these babies are killing our sex life. And then this viral clip came out. Are you okay with now that we have kids that our dynamic and our love probably won't be the same? No, I wouldn't be okay. I don't know. It's such a hard, it make, it's making me want to cry right now. Um, don't cry. Here's where I'm at. We decided to have a kid because we loved our life and we wanted to share our love and our life with somebody else. And I knew that there would be a sacrifice in that baby time, but I also consciously hoped that it wouldn't mean that I would lose loving life mm. and lose the love that we share with each other. Mm. And so and I really fought super, super aggressively last pregnancy for that not to happen. And I think before I set that intention and I was able to execute, but now with not only am I pregnant and am I tired, but also we have Ryu, it's like, it feels like the thing I don't have space for anymore is you and I, you know, and that makes me sad. And then this beautiful man um, whose Instagram name is It's Really Nando. I would love to have pulled up the message, but the Wi-Fi here is so incredibly trash, so it's not loading. Just another challenge, whatever, rolling through it. But he sent me a DM because um, Nando is married to a beautiful woman and they have a very passionate relationship. And he said, this is one of my deepest fears with having kids is that we will experience what you have just put into words. And I was just like a little heartbroken by that because don't, don't take on my heartbreak or the pain in the moment as a warning sign that this is gonna be your story one or two, that this is the totality of our story. This is just a truth that we're leaning into in this specific time when asked a specific question. If you would have asked me a very different question that exact same day, I would have had a brightness and a lightness and a lust and a fire in my eyes. And that's just what I just cannot emphasize enough as you guys listen to this. And so without further ado, let's get into it. Let's really ask the question, which I think is the only important one, like I said, the are you happy question. So we'll start with that first. And then I asked Jared about how our love life has changed. And as you heard from the very top, he has some very strong opinions about that that were hard to hear, but very meaningful. I asked Jared how he has felt about the compromises to his work life and his personal growth. I asked about our sex life. And I asked about the lesson, the greatest lessons that he's learned from this very extreme time in our lives. And we get to all of that right after we hear a word from our sponsor, HelloFresh. So as I just mentioned, myself and my family are here in Colombia, and the food has been sensational. Here I'm reminded of the importance of all natural, nameable, delicious ingredients. And that is what HelloFresh offers. And that is precisely why 
the past two years, my family has been using HelloFresh. So when we do make the time to make a meal, we make it with HelloFresh. Farm fresh, pre-proportioned, diverse, delicious meals. How HelloFresh works is that you go on the app, you decide how many meals you want, you tell HelloFresh how many people you're feeding, and then they send you right to your door meal kits that you select for yourself. So whether you're on a weight loss journey, a journey to try brand new foods, you are a meat lover or you're vegetarian, HelloFresh has unique recipes just for you. And each week they switch it up. So right now a winner at my house is the winner winner chicken orzo dinner. And for Ryu, she loves the white cheddar mac and cheese. What will your family love? Go on over to HelloFresh and browse for free. Take a look at the recipes and see there is a reason why they're America's number one meal kit. And to back that up, they have a crazy offer that you only make when you know your stuff is hitting. So HelloFresh is offering to the lovers and friends listeners 65% off and free shipping delivered right to your door. All you got to do is go to HelloFresh.com slash Lovers65 and then use the promo code Lovers65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Are you happy? Yeah, I'm happy. I, I, I do battle with, um, I do battle with wanting to know what it would be like when they're older. I'm not going to lie. I do battle that. Um, and I do battle with like, but not Balancing. wanting to know what it would be like if you didn't have kids. No, no, not that. Um, but I do battle with, you know, also trying to balance our business, my career, and being present as a father and a husband. I do, ba- I do battle with that. Um, but I think we're finding it. I think we're getting there. I think we're searching for different ways to make it work for both of us. And as long as we're both on team with what is the best for the unit, then I think we'll be fine. Um, are you happy? I am so deliriously, incredibly happy and so miserable yeah. at different ecstasy. times. It is. There are times, like it's funny because we went to the Cartagena uh, Colombian Carnival and it was a fucking crazy day. I know. Ryu, which we now found out, I think she was sick that day. Yeah. So she was acting nuts. Yeah. Like, just being so fussy, so irritable. It was hot. There were bees everywhere. But then for a brief and shining moment, you were dancing with Zai. I was dancing with Rai. We were overlooking the city. And I was like, my God, this is perfect. Yeah. And then we proceeded to go downstairs and have the craziest time. Yeah. But... It's those moments of extreme joy that I could never experience in any other circumstances that, oddly enough, do make it worth it. Yeah. So there's a lot of very ugly, uncomfortable, awful parts of the existence that we're in. But it's also highlighted by moments that I I could never have dreamt of. Yeah. And I didn't dream of this because I think I saw kids through the vantage point of how much they take. But is it equal? No. But the value you get out of the moments where it's giving are really everything. Up next, you're going to hear me ask Jared in a roundabout way if he regrets having kids. And I know the answer to this question, but honestly, it's something that you kind of need to be affirmed daily, if not weekly. Daily would be nice, but let's be reasonable here. 
because you're going through it, and regret is not on your mind, but being overwhelmed definitely is, and feeling challenged and feeling like you're not enough definitely is. And so while you're coping with these emotions and trying to find a way to put a positive spin, because positivity is your greatest weapon, you are hoping that your partner is doing the same. And as I mentioned, as you're about to listen to, Jared is my first and in many cases only line of defense. And so while we're in these tough times, while we're in the trenches, trenches together, you want to look over and be like, I know this is hard, but you're still here, right? Um, and that's what this conversation really is, me just checking in and saying, you know, husband, life partner, friend, I know this is hard and you're doing an amazing job, but you're still here, right? What's it like with two kids? Um, it feels like a bunch of people put as many weights that are in the 24-hour fitness on top of your back as you tried to walk across coals of fire, as people are still throwing eggs at you, and as they're throwing eggs at you, you have a bunch of million of hornet nests that have been kicked and stomped on that are trying to sting you at the same time. That's what it's like having two kids. Really? Yes. I think of it like a run-on sentence. Like there's never a beginning to the day or an end to the day. Oh, no. I was explaining this to somebody how I think that we want to believe that people who don't have kids can give advice to people with kids or that they can empathize. You just can't because it's an unreasonable amount of time. Like in your brain, you're like, oh, yeah, it's a lot of time, but it's all the time, nonstop. Yeah. And that's not an exaggeration. Even when you put on a show for them to watch, which is your only break, which, by the way, I will never judge a parent who uses a device like that device is a best friend. <laughs> but even when you do give them a device, you still have to constantly interact with them. Yeah. Like, Ryu punched you in the face yesterday because you weren't watching the show she wanted to watch, too. Yeah. Yeah, I was just closing my eyes, laying on the couch with her. And she was like, watch. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's all your attention all of the time. And then before, hi, Zai Before, when at least you could get one of them to give you a second of a break, now the other one kicks up. Yeah, they're machine guns. Yeah. So if one's shooting, the other one's reloading. Do you regret it at all? Um, no, not, no, no, not regret. No, no, no. I don't regret it. Regret is not the word. Uh, invested is the word. What does that mean? It means I, I invest now. I lose a little bit of time. I, I invest my time. I invest my energy. And as they begin, as they... As they start to get older, you start to reap the benefits and watching them grow and become humans. But right now, it's all investment. There's like a catch-22 with this being both the perfect time and, to me, the worst time for you to be a dad in the way that you're a dad right now. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, you are a fucking phenomenal father. Oh, thank you. You're a phenomenal mother. Do you really think that? Yeah, I really think that. <laughs> it's my deepest insecurity, just so Why? you know. Why? I don't know. I think you kill it. I think you kill it. I think you're incredible. It's, it's amazing to watch. It's, it's uh, made me see sides of you and fall in love with you in different ways, just watching you the way that you love our children and um, how you try to put them in the best opportune position to, to be successful in life and to have a great life. And, um, you know, for me, I, I'll be honest, if I was getting uh, flown out to do a work for a month, 
that's my month to get away from the kids. I would have been like, sorry, Jared, you got help over here. You got Craig, you got Crazy, you got all these people. I'm going to take this trip, and I'll see you guys when I get back. But that's the flaw in me, and more power to you. Yeah. <laughs> but I would have took this trip, like, I would have took this and wouldn't have felt bad about it. <laughs> it wasn't even an option for me. I get I see. I, when this job opportunity came up, they said to me on the call, this job films in Colombia. How old are your kids? And then I told them, like, okay. They're like, well, in light of that, how do you feel about taking this job? And I was like, I feel great about taking this job and bringing my kids. And that was it. Yeah. And that was in the interview. So I knew at that point they could have been like, oh, okay, well, no. And I was completely ready to be like, I wouldn't do it. Um, but I think that actually goes speaks to what I'm saying right now. Because we had kids when I was really ready. Yeah. Like I had gotten to that place in my life where I literally said, I've done all the things that I really, really wanted to do. Right. Everything else on top of this is all of a bonus. And because we had accomplished so much and just attracted and earned so much, not just in terms of money, but like relationships and friendships and experiences and wisdom, it was like now I feel ready to share. Yeah. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm in my selfish mode anymore, but I'm six years older than you, uh, six and a half years older than you. So you're, you probably didn't feel that way. Yeah, I guess it just feels, it feels weird saying the worst time because I can't think of a better time. So it does feel awkward saying this would be the worst time to have kids because I don't know when a better time would have been. Because let's say this next year is my best year career-wise. Then that only affords me five more years of intense grind. So like, I don't know when that would have ever been. And then plus, let's say I would have waited till I was your age when you had kids. Would you have even been able to, to have kids or want to have kids at that age? So I just don't think that it would have been a better time than now. And there's sacrifices like you had to make sacrifices for, you know, our children. And this is part of my sacrifice. You really mean that? You're just saying it because we're on a podcast. No, I, I mean that. That means a lot to me. Yeah. Yeah. I carry a guilt with me. Don't, don't carry guilt at all. Even if nothing happens in my career, my life is still awesome as hell. You know what I mean? Like, even if I don't, um, you know, arrive to the place that I want to be, what you have given me as a partner and what you have given me as, you know, with these two children and, you know, we're in Colombia right now. Like, th that in itself is already great enough. And, and um, it's not, a, it's, to me, it's, it's no, loss if that makes any sense yeah if i do end up having the career that i desire then that's amazing and i would be so grateful and so happy and and it would be so fulfilling but my life isn't any less fulfilling because i haven't achieved the things that i sought out to achieve because i achieved and and did things in my real life that are amazing it feels Like drinking water after being in the desert for 40 year, days and nights to hear you say that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> water? I get, yeah. It's like, you know, you, yeah. There's probably a better analogy for it, but I think a part of me, knowing the age gap and knowing that we got married because I wanted to get married and I was ready to get married. Mm -hmm. 
but the real truth is there was no cost to you for that. We, we often discuss this, that like marriage doesn't really change anything. And that was the reason why I felt so comfortable pushing you because I was like, what does it matter? We're already technically life partners. We share a business together. We lived together. Like this is not a thing that whatever you're making it in your mind, it's not going to change anything. Yeah. And it's only going to make things better. Um, not between you and I, but just in terms of the way that we move in the world and how people understand our love to be. Yeah. And when I was ready to have kids and I came to you with the topic, I don't even think I knew then what I know now in terms of what I was asking of you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because the time commitment is so intense. Um, and even you coming on this trip, like, I often try to, like, you, I guess you already intuitively know what I'm asking of you, but I'm like, no, like, you'll still get time, you'll still get to do this, yeah. and you don't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I told you on the phone, though. I was like, I don't know how it's going to work. Like, I, I don't know how it will work. Um, but for me, it was like everybody that every time that it crossed my mind of like, all right, you're going to go to Columbia. You're probably not getting as much time to work on things, but you get to go out there with your family. You get to hang out, go do it. And any person that I did talk to was like, how many times do you get to go to Columbia for free? Yeah. Just go. It's a month of your time. When you get back, you can grind it out. And, you know, I kind of took that for what it is and, and, and was just like, look, I'm not going to regret coming out here with my family. There's no part of me that's going to regret that. Um, and then just hit it hard when I get back. You know, I, I don't want to spend time relishing or, or not even relishing, but complaining about where I'm at in my career when life is so good. I'd rather just be like, okay, how do I bridge the gaps? And sometimes that's just less sleep. Sometimes that's, you know, uh, less being able to go out and hang with friends. Sometimes that's less time for us. And, and you know, it, that's okay to me um, because to me, it's still worth it. What's interesting about that section is the aha that I got through it, and actually in my time here in Colombia, is that I still hold a very sexist mindset when it comes to parenting. And there's two ways that that's been really put in my face here. One, here in Colombia, it is very common for people to ask, where is the father? You just would never do that in America. And so, for example, right now, Jared has traveled out of the city that we're in Cartagena, and he has flown to Cali for a day for work, so he's not here. And when I first came to Cartagena, Jared had some work in California, and so he came a week later. And there are times where we just take the kids off by ourselves. And so oftentimes, you're not always going to see mom and dad with the kids, but people are very comfortable here being like, where is the father? And I know the answer to that question, or they'll ask my daughter, you know, where is your dad? And she knows the answer to that question, but because in America we are accustomed to a system where there's not often a two-parent household, that's just not a question that we would ever ask. Secondly, there are a lot of very present, fully present fathers here. Like, it's not uncommon to go down to the pool area and to, one, not see the mom at all, or two, see her on her phone chilling on a chair and to see the dad in the pool playing with the kids or to see a dad by himself um, out at a meal with the kids. And so maybe there's just something in the conditioning of the way that we parent in North America that makes it so, even though I have a partner who is fully present as a dad and I acknowledge as a mom 
that in saying yes to this role, there was going to be massive sacrifices to my life in every conceivable area. I feel a guilt that the father has to go through that too. And maybe a fear that he feels, one, this isn't fair, or two, this isn't joyful, or three, I never signed up for this. And none of those things have anything to do with things that were expressed to me or things that I'm experiencing, but just maybe part of the North American conditioning uh, that I'm trying to unlearn as I experience parenting in a very different way and lead into the fact that my partner's experience in this um, is very similar as mine, that he feels just as beholden and responsible to the kids as I do. And yes, feels the strain, the sacrifice, but also is very joyful to be doing that because we see the vision for what's on the other side, not just for us, but for the people that we would now sacrifice our life for. Anyhow, that's the end of my little rants. Now we'll just move into the conversation with Jared as we talk about love, sex, and happy-ish endings. And I'll talk to you again at the end. So into it. How has the addition of Zaya, who's being an incredible guest right now, can we just note, very, very respectful baby. Um, how has the addition of a second baby changed our relationship? I, I feel like we don't really hang out as much as we used to. Um, it's hard because at the age that she is and the age that Ryu is, it takes a very special kind of person to be able to handle both of them. Um, and we can't really find babysitting that can manage the two of them. I think we only have Lauren. That's the only person that we could go to who can manage both of them. Um, and so that leaves us not, if we're going to have us time, there's going to be one of them with us. Yes. And so that's not really us time. Well, that was like our sushi restaurant experience that we went to and Sushi Zo. Oh, yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, and we had to take turns going outside. We went to a restaurant for Jared's birthday. It's a very small restaurant, very intimate. So it's like five people seated in there at one time. And Zaya was screaming. And so because we were so embarrassed by her craziness and it's silent in there, Jared and I had to spend the meal trading off going in and out. Yeah. Uh, because the way that they do the meal at the restaurant is they bring out one little piece of sushi at a time. Yeah. So I would try a piece and then I would enjoy it and savor it. And then I would go outside and tell Jared if it was good or not. And then he would go in and try his piece. And we did that over and over. And again. that was the date. And that was the date. And that's what I mean is that like, I don't feel like us as a partnership, as a unit, really get time. We don't even sleep in the same bed anymore. And so there is a disconnect that, I, that you naturally start to feel. And sometimes you get to a place where like, is there something wrong with me? Does she still love me? Does she still, is she still interested in me? Is she still about this? Like, because we don't have that connection that we naturally would get where we're laying with each other or we're talking or we're going out. Um, and so that leads to like insecurities in our relationship. And I keep remembering this thing that an older friend of mine told me was like, when you have children, really be careful. The love that, that you guys had that created these children, make sure you don't continue to pour all of that into them, which sounds crazy to the, you know, someone who doesn't have kids. But if you pour the love that you and I created, this fire, all into these kids, then once they get old and they leave the nest, there's no love between us. 
And so there is times where I'm like, shit, like, I hope we're not making that mistake. By the time they get older, we don't even know each other anymore because we never get to hang out. You know what I mean? I'm not asking this question with anything on it. Do you think the fire between us is not as bright, not as hot? No, I think it, it is. I think that there's just never an opportunity for us to like look at it. It's like we have this bonfire, you know, blazing. And you know, when I think of you or when I, when I you know, am doing work on something that you've done, like, or hearing you have a conversation or when we're all together and seeing the way your brain works, like I still feel that spark and I still feel that like desire, but we never have a time to just sit back and look at the fire mm. because it's just burning. That's just, it's just there. There's too many things. There's people running around. We're trying to gather the kids. We're trying to get them out. We're trying to move here. We're trying to make someone's happy. Um, and so we don't ever get to just sit down and look at the fire. What's interesting about hearing your experience is my experience is completely opposite to yours. Okay. <laughs> because I actually said this to you that I don't even know how people could leave their partner at this time. Like, I am so in love with you, desperately in love with you because you're all I have. Yeah. Like the thought of isolating from you or not having you is not only something that makes me sick to my stomach, it's not even an option. Like, I would fucking die without you. No, and I That's what I know, yeah. but let me finish. That's what I'm saying is that that knowledge, like to your point, life is so crazy and so overwhelming and so busy. If I didn't have you, I would be dead. So every moment, and it's less moments than it used to be for sure, that I get to look over and I see you, I'm like, thank God <laughs> for Jared. Yeah. Like everything in me feels so much more connected and grateful and lustful towards you because like you're literally the difference between me and insanity. Yeah. So I think for that reason, the fact that it's so crazy, the fact that it's so overwhelming, the fact that we have less time actually makes me love you more. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's not it's not about it's not about less love. I know what you're saying. Yeah. But like, I guess in the less, do I miss being in the same bed with you? A million percent. Yeah. Um, I miss that those times, and even when we're on the couch sometimes, there's something kind of teenage about our love right now. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when you're in a teenage relationship, you don't get to cuddle with your partner. You might like get an hour when your parents are like kind of asleep upstairs to like yeah, snuggle yeah. on the couch. And maybe you don't have like nights to have sex, but you do have in between when you're supposed to be home and when the movie yeah. ended to have yeah. sex in the car. Yeah, like yeah. we sneak in our intimate times. I think yeah. we still have, which I'll talk about sex next, but I think we still have a great sex life. Yeah, I agree. But it's fast um, and it's in between different activities. Yeah. It's never how we start our day or how we end our day. Yeah. It's a thing that we do between having to get to a meeting and having to pick up the kids. Yeah. So yeah, I hear what you're saying in terms of it can feel like we're losing because we're not getting more time together, but the quality for me has gone up. Yeah. I asked you this question after the first baby, and I want to ask it again and get an honest answer from you. Yeah. Does sex physically feel different after I've had two kids? Does my vagina feel different? Oh, no. Never? No, it doesn't, no. No. Not at all. No? No. Were not you conscious all. of that? Conscious of it? Like, were you looking for 
an answer to that question? Um, this time, yeah, because you asked her the first time. Um, but yeah, no, I don't feel any difference at all. What do you think is different about our sex life now, if anything? I just think it's quicker. It's not as long. It's not as, like, set up. It's not, um, it's just not as, like, time taken into it. It's more of, like, uh, we're, we're, we're going to connect as long as we can, but we know we have something to get to, um, which is, is, is cool in some aspects, but it, it'd be nice if we had a couple times where we didn't have to squeeze it in. You know, but I, I think that will come when they get older and we can have one person watch both of them. Right now, we just don't have somebody who can take both of the kids away from us at a time. So we're just kind of stuck with this temporary quick quickies. Interesting, too, because I feel the opposite. What? <laughs> I feel the opposite because even though in terms of time duration, it is quicker. I feel like in experience, we're taking our time and doing things slower. And actually, it was like, after I had Zai, I felt really different sexually. Um, there was just something about the way that I saw myself as a woman, the way I saw myself naked, that I didn't see myself the way that I used to before. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I don't know if I can, can keep up trying to compete with my younger version of who I was sexually. Yeah. Because I just didn't fit that mold anymore. And without even having that conversation directly, I felt like our pace for sex slowed down. And so there was less porny and a lot more, like, lovemaking. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't see... I don't, I don't, the only thing I see that's a difference is just the time. But that could be... <laughs> I could be just... I uh, think we do... Ever. Yeah, of course. I feel like I see you more and you see me more. Yeah. When we do make the time. That's yeah. why it feels slower to me. I can see that. I can see that. I, I just, yeah, it's just not, it's not my experience as, as much. I, I felt like we saw, we saw each other the same back then. Um, it just was longer and, and just more uh, eventful, should I say. How, explain what that means. We just did a lot more. We just experimented a lot more. We tried new things a lot, a lot more. We, um, you know, we just did more setup. There was more foreplay. And, and now it's just kind of like, we got to just get, kind of get to it. Well, how can I be a better lover for you? The, you're great. It's, it's the time that we don't have. Yeah, but like I guess given the circumstances, and you have you have to know me like my like where I'm at like I can't the the in the thought of my head like oh, Ryu's right upstairs or Zaya's right in the next room like all of these things play factors into me not being present in that moment. So like while you're probably connecting, I'm thinking, are we too loud? Uh, my biggest fear is Ryu waking up and opening the door and walking in on us like. There's just so many things that are not sexy to me. And so it's hard for me to be present, which for me being present and authentic in sex is like half of sex. And so right now I just don't have that opportunity because 
there's just so many things around us that are happening. It's not like we're, there's no kids home and, or we're at a hotel, there's no kids around. Like, there's just so many factors that, that take away what sex meant so much for me back then. Well, would me being quieter, making an effort to be quieter, make it better for you because that would alleviate some of that, those fears? Yeah, probably. But I wouldn't want to take, you know, I don't want to take your, you know what I mean? But I want to give to get. I understand. I, I'm still giving. I know. <laughs> you are still, not, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But, like, I want for you to, what I experience when I'm with you sexually now is, yes, it's sandwiched. But I feel like time stands still the time that we're together. Yeah. Like, I feel like I get to be fully present. But I also want to make compromises so that you get that same experience, too. Yeah. Yeah, quieter. But I, I probably wouldn't want that from you. Like, I would want you to still experience. I, I would want you to still experience, you know, what you're experiencing. So I, I think that the only way to off track that is just finding times of being able to get away from the children. I don't know how we'll do that, but. It's interesting because I had this conversation with Melissa and Kev on stage, and it, they kept bringing up vacation sex. Melissa used the term vacation sex. It doesn't just mean being on vacation. Right. It means the feeling of freedom. And as our kids are both in high school, they got their own ideas about life. They both have football games or soccer games. There's a lot more vacation happening. Vacation just means, you know, like freedom in our relationship. But that happens more and more as you age. I mean, our kids go in their room, and as long as the Wi-Fi is on, and the power's on, they are chilling. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes vacation is, y'all ain't heard mom and dad, and we ain't heard y'all. We'll see y'all when dinner comes. I remember when I was, when I was like, uh, scoring that. I was like, I get that. I understand. Yeah, because I can have my best sex with them in a different room. Yeah, I can, I can understand vacation sex. Yeah. You know what I mean? I get it. It makes sense to me. There's just a different level that you're able to go to than you can when, when you're at the house. Yeah. Like after a long day, being able to come together in that way and honor and delight in each other makes the sex better. But because in spite of the day, but yeah. for you, it's like because of the setting and of the day, it actually makes it more, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. It just takes me out. Like I'll be able to get there, but it takes a while for me to get there or you know, I can't even relish in the feeling. I'm like, I gotta make sure to put together because what if right comes out or you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just no, it's just not as it's not as it's not as I can't just be in that moment, and that's just the simplest way that I could put it. Mm. And it's gonna get better. And it's that's what every parent says. It gets better. Hold on, it gets better. Um, so I hold on to that. In knowing what you know now, what advice would you give? to a couple with two small kids? Hold on. Hold on. It's gonna get rocky. <laughs> I can't even give you advice, we're still in it. Let's get through it and I can give advice. I actually don't even feel comfortable giving you advice because I'm in it. So anything I say to you, anything I say to you is gonna be skewed. Well, I'll tell you my answer then. I think the advice I would give or something that I've really held on to that I think has made the difference between giving up and thriving, which I say thriving like this because there's no other way to say it. You don't thrive. You just get through it the best you can. But savoring, 
And savoring is making time your bitch because time is the one thing you literally don't have. Yeah. And your time is constantly being demanded by other people. And so you have to learn how to take control of it. Like when something good is happening, I Sit tell time, yeah. go slow. Yeah. I tell time, slow down. I tell myself, remember this. Like I let myself sit and soak that in. So if the day is 24 hours, there are some hours that I treat like five minutes and there yeah. are some five minutes that I treat like five years. Yeah. So I think that, that becoming masterful at that of like, when you're going through the shitty parts, just being like, this is going to be over. It's going to be over. I'm just going to get through it. Yeah. When you're going through the good parts, it. dig your heels in. Yeah. That's good advice. I see why you asked that question. It's not a competition. You had, it, you had your question, <laughs> you had your answer all poetic and nice. And you're like, I'm going to ask this question first so I can answer this. I see what you did there. I got you. <laughs> Do you want to follow it? No. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> no, I keep my answer for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whew, shout out to the husband. I'm so just incredibly grateful to have a partner that I can have honest and real dialogues with and feel always more connected and more clarity as a result of our, our chats together. We had a really beautiful conversation about God the other day. And I thought this would make an amazing podcast, but that's one of those topics, as you know, from another episode uh, where Maya Washington talked about God that I'm afraid to dive into for many reasons. But the one thing I think that children teach you is that everything can be one. <laughs> like you don't have to have this compartmentalized life. Um, sometimes you have to do all things at all times. Is that a good explanation? Probably not. All that to be said, is God a part of love and relationships? Um, especially for people who are not devout and don't have, you know, clear answers that are familiar in the form of Christianity or Catholicism. And is that a conversation you would all be interested in hearing? Maybe that's something you can communicate with me somewhere, somehow. But in either case, Jared, you're amazing. Jared is a musician. Jared is the sound um, scorer of this podcast. He is a producer. Um, he's my business partner, my life partner. And if you want to follow him on Instagram, I highly suggest you do so. He is Enjoy Jared Brady. Also, please go and look up his music. Not a surprise to any of you, but he does the theme song for Lovers and Friends. If you follow me on YouTube, he does my intro and outro music for everything else. Um, such a talent and a joy that I'm so happy that I get to have in my life. I said this to Jared as a joke at the end of the episode. In my dream world too, Jared, this would have been a podcast of me just telling you how much I love you. Oh, stop it. It would have been. I would redevote myself to you here in this stop. city. I would get remarried <laughs> to you. I really, Relax. I really do love you so much. <laughs> I love you too. I love you so, so much. Like the other day when you came to me and you were questioning that, it felt like a twilight zone to me. Really? Yes, because I'm like, how could you ever at this time feel insecure? Like there's <laughs> nothing I've ever been more certain in my life than like, yeah. you are my person, you are the best choice, you are the only choice. Like I owe so much to you. I'm so fucking in love with you. I really am. Let's cheers to that. Why are you staring like that? Because I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but I really am so grateful for that man. And I heard a lot of things in this conversation that have 
triggered an aha in me where I know what I would need to do or adjust to give him a better loving experience because right now he's peak for me. Everything is perfect, but um, I am really happy to feel like, okay, I can do a couple things to make this more perfect for him. Starting with accepting more help from Lauren, the babysitter who can do it all, um, which I feel bad for sometimes because my sister just got to a space where her two kids are now 11 and 13 and can be by themselves and she has more time to pour back into herself. Like she's almost getting to be in her 20s again and I feel bad saddling her with two babies and putting her back in that space that she just worked her ass to get out of. But for the sake of Jared, and I know my sister joyfully does mean it when she offers, I'm gonna accept more opportunities where we really just have both kids out of the house because it sounds like he really needs that, even if it's not all that necessary for me. What is necessary though, is if you've listened thus far, thank you. Next week, we're gonna be back to our regular program. Probably the week after that, I'll get into Jesse Reyes episode, which I think is very special. I do want the time to work on it. We get back from Columbia on Sunday. So next Tuesday, expect a great episode. The following Tuesday, expect Jesse Reyes, which I think will be a very mind-blowing. She brought a really great discussion, um, which I'll share a little piece with you right now, if I'm able to pull that up, Crazia. What does it look like to not be emotionally present in a relationship? You feel like an idiot when you're done because you feel like you've become this monster. For me, it felt like I became a monster because it felt like everything that he was now listing was things that I had an issue with with, path par with past partners. Can and you give me that list? Yeah, like going ghost. I can't believe I did it so often and I didn't even realize I did it that often. But in either case, if you have enjoyed um, Lovers and Friends or you have some commentary or some tips a great place to communicate with me is through the rate interview section on Apple or on Spotify. This is especially important because when you communicate on these platforms in this way, it triggers the algorithm to say there's a community of people who are invested in this podcast, so maybe other people should hear it too. It's a small thing that you do that goes a very, very long way. There's a reason why every podcast you listen to asks you to do this. Um, and there's a reason why I'm insanely grateful for everyone who does, and I read them every single week. So thank you to everybody who has been here. Thank you to everybody who has gone there. And let's keep going there. I'll see your ass next week. Let me get my ass back inside and look after these kids. Uh, Kevin Wade is holding it down right now. And I don't know if holding is the right word. Maybe he's just, I should get my ass back inside. Bye. Lovers and friends. Take you on a trip, baby, I don't pretend I said, lovers and friends uh, I'ma hold you down, down to the end, I said Lovers and Friends is executive produced by Shared Entertainment's Shan Boudram It is produced by Boudram and Crazia Cruz with production support from 2S Entertainment's Adam Krasner Isabel Gallant and Brianna Barone The Lovers and Friends theme song is produced by Sean Ross and performed by Jared Brady, who also does the scoring and engineering on our episodes Lovers and Friends is powered by Audioboom and made possible by our incredible sponsors who you can show love to by reading our show notes. 